Hey, everybody. Saul Marquez with the Health Matters Podcast. So excited to have you join us today because I have the outstanding Dr. Nishi Rawat. She is the Chief Clinical Officer at Bamboo Health. And she began her career in 2002 as an emergency medicine and critical care physician, treating a significant number of patients suffering from substance use disorder. As a healthcare faculty member and researcher, she led quality measure development and implementation at John Hopkins Armstrong Institute for Patient Safety and Quality. Using her previous years of frontline medical care experience and passion to improve care delivery, in 2015, Dr. Rawat founded and served as lead technologist for Open Beds, a company dedicated to improving access to mental health and SUD treatment. They were acquired by Bamboo in 2019. Dr. Rawat continues to lead the Open Bed Solution and Behavioral Health Strategy as the Chief Clinical Officer at Bamboo Health. So excited to have her here on the podcast. Dr. Rawat, so glad that you're with us. Well, thank you very much for having me, Saul. Our pleasure. We've covered a lot of topics on the podcast series on equity, on access to care, on helping fill some of the biggest needs. And so we're going to dig into that together. But before we do, I'd love to learn more about you and what inspires your work in healthcare. Sure. Well, I grew up in a family of engineers, mom, dad, <laughs> brother, aunts, uncles. But my father advised me about the benefits of being my own boss. He thought that was very important. And I thought that medicine was a good way to meet that advice, quite frankly. Anyway, I ended up spending the first two decades of my career as a critical care physician within the Johns Hopkins healthcare system. And there I saw and experienced firsthand these inefficient manual processes to refer my patients to appropriate behavioral health care, both mental health and substance use disorder care. And often I wasn't able to get people the care that they needed. So I felt like I was failing a large part of the people, <laughs> the patients that I was seeing. Mm-hmm. And at some point, it just became untenable. I needed to do something about it, which is why I ended up founding Open Beds with my father. It just so happens that he's a systems engineer along with being an electrical engineer. So it was quite a nice <laughs> combination cool. of skills. Yeah. Open Beds creates digital networks in states for closed referrals, both to mental health and substance use services. And we're in 14 states now after being acquired by Bamboo Health back in 2018, as you mentioned. That's fantastic. So great that you ended up doing what you love, being your own boss and creating something really, really interesting that Bamboo acquired. And so talk to us a little bit about what you believe is the core value add to the healthcare system and what you guys are doing. Yeah, it's all about getting people to definitive assessment and treatment. I don't know if you're familiar with 988. 988 is the behavioral health version of 911, an Mm. easy to remember number to connect people who are in crisis by phone, text, or chat to a clinician or non-clinician who can listen and then tend to that individual and, and get them the care that they need. So our open bed system and our new crisis management module that sits on top of our open bed system allows for a digital intake and assessment by the operators. It allows them to dispatch mobile crisis teams using GPS-enabled technology. Those mobile crisis teams can document their assessment and plans within the system. And then it sits on top of the open beds, the broader open bed system, which provides that situational awareness regarding the availability of inpatient and outpatient services and that, that closed loop referral system. So think of it as this statewide 
behavioral health platform, (laughs) access to care Mm -hmm. platform that every stakeholder, whether you're a hospital that refers into mental health and substance use disorder care often, or you're on the receiving side, your treatment organization that's at the receiving end of referrals that everyone needs to be a part of. That is super interesting. And actually, Nishi, I was not aware of 988. So you could just dial it or text it. That's right. So 988 launched in mid-July, a SAMHSA initiative. It's essentially rebranding of the former suicide helpline, but they're taking this a step further because, again, the goal is to not just give people some place to call, but also give people some place to go. (laughs) And so a lot of states are setting up the necessary clinical infrastructure, again, to get people definitive assessment and treatment. That means mobile crisis teams. So operators can dispatch mobile crisis teams that can meet you where you're at, at home, do an assessment, de-escalate, or get you to appropriate inpatient care. And that inpatient care is not a hospital. The goal of this is to keep Mm -hmm. people out of the hospital hospital, and out of jails and prisons unnecessarily. And instead, they can take you to what's called a crisis stabilization unit. It's a 23-hour facility that's more (laughs) home-like. It's not hospital-like. And there you can be monitored, cared for, and then referred to a follow-on inpatient care if that's appropriate or outpatient care. So again, it's this infrastructure that states are standing up now with funding from the federal government, as well as taxation. So some states have now charging a 988 tax to fund it, just Mm -hmm. like 911 tax. It funds the clinical infrastructure, but also the technology to thread together the crisis response. So Nishi, this topic of 988 is super interesting. And obviously one of the areas Bamboo Health is making an impact right now. Talk to us about the vision overall for it. Where are we now? six years after it's been launched. Yeah, six months since July. Sorry, six months, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like six years, but it's only been six months. (laughs) Look, again, the vision is to, I'm not going to speak on behalf of the federal government, but from my perspective, democratize access to mental health and substance use disorder care, right? And ensure that people get access to definitive assessment and treatment, especially when they're in crisis, The federal government, SAMHSA in particular, has done little to no marketing because they didn't want the 988 call centers to be overwhelmed. So the marketing push is on its way, which is why, Sal, I'm not surprised that you haven't heard about it. A lot of people haven't heard about it. But that said, six months in, there have been over 2 million calls, texts, and chats to 988. And comparing data from December 2021 to 2022, calls have increased by 48%. Chats increased by 260% and texts answered increased by 1,500%, which is incredible. And you know that it's probably youth who are probably communicating by text and chat. So it's wonderful progress, again, with little to no marketing. But these numbers demonstrate a few things. Number one, the need for a service like this across the country, coupled with the fact that stigma is waning, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's huge. The opportunity is just like enormous for us to be able to put this in front of more people because I've never heard about this and back to the marketing dollars, right? So there's a plan for marketing to go behind this? Yes, I'm certain. I don't know the details and I don't know the exact timing, but there will be a marketing push by the federal government as well as all states. Well, I'm glad we went there. I'm sure there's a lot of resources on 988. And so we will definitely want to learn more about those. Maybe the team, you can provide us some that we could link up to this podcast. Absolutely. I'll 
tell you to go to the Crisis Now website. You can also mm-hmm. go to the SAMHSA website, maybe Google SAMHSA 988. Mm-hmm. We had a conversation with SAMHSA Crisis Leadership recently, and they are now publishing data, pretty granular data to the public in terms of the volume of calls, chats, response times, et cetera, which is really neat. So they're being very transparent regarding the progress of the initiative. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love it. I love the initiative and I always love learning new things that are useful. And this 988 thing is huge. So folks, share this podcast, get the word out. Let's do our own marketing on an initiative that is going to be huge for a lot of people. You know, Dr. Rawat, behavior, health, and substance use have become prevalent issues in the U.S. We've seen record fatal overdoses, news about overdoses in public places. They're being more common. And we're even seeing celebrities more outwardly talking about mental health struggles and prominent suicides too. What do you believe is driving this and how can health and technology help? Right. Well, that's why this 988 initiative is so important because yeah. as you just mentioned, we've seen a dramatic increase in the prevalence of mental health and substance use disorder conditions just in the past two to three years, driven in part by the pandemic. The latest data from the CDC regarding overdoses, just over 100,000 people died, right? That number continues to climb. The latest data from the National Institute on Mental Health is that one in four adults suffer from mental illness, depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress, and other forms of more serious mental illness. And then finally, you've got increase in the prevalence of mental health conditions driving the increase in the suicide rate. It was tapering off here in the U.S., but has gone up this past year. And now, unfortunately, is the second biggest killer of our youth. Wow. <laughs> right. So this is serious. So sad. It's so sad. And so in terms of what's driving this for substance use in particular, this opioid epidemic in particular, I would say that there are three main drivers, physical pain, mental pain and economic pain. And I don't mean to reduce the complexity of this epidemic to these three things. But I talk about it in this way because I think it's really easy to understand and remember and something that should Mm -hmm. be top of mind for a lot of technologists and clinicians. Let's start with physical pain. We know that loose prescribing of opioids by physicians driven mostly by the pharmaceutical companies led to the first wave of the opioid addiction. I distinctly remember as a young doctor in in East Baltimore, the confusion that I felt that I was being taught that opioids don't lead to addiction. And yet hour after hour, people were begging me for help. And so you've got physical pain and poorly managed physical pain that is one factor or one driver that led to this. You've got economic pain, this wealth gap between America's richest and poorest families that's more than doubled in the past 15 years. If you talk to political leaders in the Midwest, they'll tell you that the opioid epidemic that's been ravaging their communities is hands down due to idle hands and resentment that's associated with this gap in riches. And now add to this inflation, which is most stressful and impactful on people who are already low income. And then finally, I was just talking about this, the mental pain. Now (laughs) we've got one in four Americans suffering from a mental health condition. And then beyond that, prior to the pandemic, 50% of Americans said that they felt alone and misunderstood. So this speaks to the just the lack of community and disconnectedness, if that's even a word, <laughs> of our society, <laughs> which has only been accelerated by the pandemic. So that's the way I would summarize it. Again, physical pain, economic pain, and mental pain. I really appreciate that. And, you know, it's nice to have, like you said, right, this isn't like a catch-all for it, but it is nice to have a framework to help understand it if we're going to make a difference. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, the series has talked a lot about tech 
and access. And what I hear you saying is we're doing it. You guys at Bamboo are doing it. This effort with 988 is part of that. And so really appreciative of your insights here, Nishi, and the work that you guys are doing. If you had to share a closing thought with the listeners today, what would you share? You know, I would say talking about technology, (laughs) I'm a big fan of technology. I build tech products and technology can certainly help, but it won't solve these big, gnarly problems on its own. I firmly believe that the best technologies will amplify hands-on care. It won't replace hands-on care. And that's how we're going to address, again, some of the biggest pressing problems in health, given, as an example, the, the opioid epidemic, as well as this mental health epidemic. Couldn't agree with you more. Well, I just want to say thank you. I appreciate the passion that you bring to this topic, the entrepreneurial approach, and really the focus on access. So really want to thank you, Nishi, for spending time with us. If people wanted to learn more about you, the company, where can they get in touch? Sure. You can go to our website, uh, Bamboo Health, Google that, (laughs) or you can email us at connect at bamboohealth.com. Outstanding. Well, really want to thank you for your time, Dr. Rawat. This has been a fantastic interview. Thank you, Saul. Have a great day. 